The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Connection. Welcome to episode number 11 of the 7 Months of Danger podcast. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and we have officially, as of this episode, hit the halfway mark of this past podcast journey because, if I haven't said it before, episode number 22 ends the journey of this podcast. So we have officially made it to the halfway point, which is insane because I feel like we just recorded the first episode. Tonight, we are going to cover January 12th, 1992. To January 18th, 1992, which is the final week leading up to the Clash of the Champions, which we will cover on our next episode. But I never do it alone, so please let me welcome my co-host tonight of First, Matt Souza. How are you tonight, Matt? Happy New Year, by the way. I'm doing great, Sean. That's all I got. All right, excellent. Uh, I appreciate that. Very festive, Matt Souza, tonight. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Scott Shifflett, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine. New year, not so new me, because I'm still talking and in love with wrestling. Uh, new year, not so new to me, since we're still recording this in the year prior to me. Just full disclosure, but happy new year. Casey, for God's sake. Oh, fuck. God damn it. All right. Sorry. Uh, and Logan, Logan Crossland, how are you tonight? Sean, did you just play a snippet from the uh, WrestleMania 19, WrestleMania 17 Summit uh, when Matt just sang that song? That sounded very drunk. <laughs> no, how I dare not. you. I did not. I'm just playing. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, everybody. So what better way to start the new year than to talk about the Dangerous Alliance, in, uh, we, which great is we're in January of 2023. As of this right now, as this is airing, 
And we're going to talk about January of 1992. So how's that for Symmetry Guy? You can't even plan that out if you wanted to. I, we did plan it. What? I did. Yourself. You know why? Because we're professionals. Yeah, that's what it is. That must be it. No, that's not what it is, but we'll roll with it. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're going to start on January 12th. And it is the main event. And quite the main event we have here as Study Steve Austin is defending the TV title against Matt Sousa's favorite wrestler, uh, Van Hammer. Fuck. Uh, so, all right. So, are you ready for my Medusa description on this one? You ready? Jane Fonda. As ready Medusa, as Medusa is dressed as ugly blonde 80s black widow with a touch of Rambo bandana in her head that was purple. Jesus. How did you remember all that? Because Good I wrote God. it down as I was watching it. I see. All right. So we get leg locks, chin locks, head locks, and arm locks. Multiple spinning, regular body, and power slams by Hammer that the Hammerheads cheer for wildly. Match <laughs> ends when Hammer does an awful-looking sleeve shot suplex attempt with Medusa with the trip, Austin on top for three. Nine fucking minutes. And again, Austin needs help to beat this idiot and sells way too much. That's all I got to say, and this is half a star for me. Matt Souza. Uh, <laughs> boy, this sure did suck, didn't it? Uh, this was a 10-minute match where nothing happened, which is a neat fucking trick, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> I feel like I say this every fucking episode. Can we just let Austin dominate one of these fucking title matches, please? It's fucking Van Hammer, of all people. For God's sake. Oh, God, this was just awful. Another, uh, And you get another lame-ass finish in an Austin title match. Medusa tripping Van Hammer as he goes for a suplex, and then Austin just falls on him. Yeah, this uh, this was absolutely terrible. Half a star. You know, I, I, on the last show, we made, I, I thought Austin was showing progress. I feel like we just hit the button and reset on this first match. Yeah, it's like we've gone backwards in time. Yep. Uh, Shiv, how about you? This was real bad. Um, just horrible. I have another note. Hammer sucks. Somehow Hammer <laughs> even got a visual pin in here. And in between this match, um, I, I can't remember if it's Tony or JR announcing, but they're saying that Blimpy was spot sponsoring the event at the center stage. Which, which made me laugh because Blimpy sucks. Um, <laughs> is that Blimpy the subplace? Yeah, Blimpy the subplace. Oh, yeah, Blimpy was the shits. Yeah, yes. so um, just just horrible. Um, Austin was working a chin lock like he was 2008 Randy Orton during this match. Uh, and I have a note here that Hammer looks like a 90s comic book character come to life big and useless looking at you, Rob Liefeld. But... Um, I just went a star. This this was terrible. Hammer almost killed Austin with a power slam uh, as well. Like, um, yeah, just just terrible. All right, uh, Logan, how about you? Yeah, I went a star as well. Like Schiff, um, the Hammerheads were loud and proud on this one. So uh, there there is that. Um, <laughs> if that's important to anyone, I can't believe um, you have to say fucking Hammerhead. Yeah, I'm so pissed off. Yeah. I'm never gonna say it. Uh, Tony, fuck, it, fuck you, Tony Schiavone, for that. Yes, it's, well, it's let's to uh, wait a minute now. Let's not say things I'm we don't sorry. need. Yes, right. it's, it's Tony shit fuckheads problem. So. Um, <laughs> anyway, Austin, I thought Austin continued to look a good bit better because he kind of dominated the middle portion of the match. It is bad that he can't finish off at Van Hammer, I guess. So I'll, I'll agree with that a little bit. Uh, I really like Austin's uh, vertical suplex that he does. He does it in a lot of his matches, but I, I've started to notice that he hits it a lot. And I really like uh, how he pulls it off. Um, that power slam that Schiff mentioned that Hammer does is disgusting. Uh, it almost killed Austin, like he you said. Mean it, you, mean, you mean it was terrible is what you mean. Yeah, I said I said it was disgusting. I okay, didn't say it was all right. good. <laughs> all right, okay, just making sure. Um, and 
I said, uh, nice, nice finish with the trip by the uh, aerobics instructor. Oh, I mean Medusa. So, uh, yeah. Ooh, one, that's a good one, too. That's a one good star. one. Yeah, she definitely right. looked like a, work, a workout. That's much less of a mouthful than whatever Sean said. You know me, I like to be very descriptive of my whole thing, So <laughs> I, I love the with purple at the end of his description. <laughs> right. <laughs> purple. <laughs> I have another good one coming up here a little later, so we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, 0.75 is the rating on that one. Wow. A what a big fat turn that is. All right. Uh, we're going to jump, and that might be a record for first match recap, six minutes in. So I think we broke a record on that piece yeah. of shit. All right. January 18th, we are going to. Uh, 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 pro uh, and another imagine that another fucking six man Ricky Steamboat Sting and Marcus Alexander Bagwell now entering the fray versus Bobby Eaton Austin and Ravishing Rick Rude so uh, first thing I made is hey here's another match they threw on main event in February 92 that first aired here in pro in January so main event they always take these matches that entered in syndication and a month later they put them on main event because they feel like people know but everybody watched it and then they would just change the commentary. So just FYI. Um, and I put uh, WCW, those fuckers were so sneaky in 1992. Um, this and the next match are a bit confusing as in our last episode, Sting and Bagwell challenged two members of the Alliance for the Saturday night show we discussed tonight. Well, before that, we got this match with both against the Lion members as well as we are not, we are, we do get, we get it on our next one as well. So I don't really understand. Um, Good Lord, Missy looks like a fucking mannequin here with some ugly hair because Missy laughs at an Alpo joke. Uh, she makes about Medusa that Logan, I am sure you love that joke about Medusa, about mm-hmm. being a dog. Yeah, you popped yep. for that? Yep. All right, Steamboat twists Rude's arm and Rude prances around like someone who is clinching ass not to shit themselves. He then does the same on an atomic drop. Faces take turns <laughs> clapping hands together on Bobby's head. Sting hits the clothesline on Austin and Eaton attempting to double team. Sting wants Rude and Paul. Uh, Sting wants Rude and Paul yells at Rude, no. Austin hits a nice back suplex on Steamboat. Eaton barely um, gets Steamboat up for his lifting backbreaker spot that we all like that he does. It looked like he struggled to get Steamboat up for that. Heels triple team Steamboat, who does some ridiculous selling of a Rude punch from the top rope. Sloppy spot where a Bagwell punch from the apron sends a colliding into Steamboat. Bagwell gets the hot tag spot and hits some good clotheslines on all three heels, then hits a power slam on Austin. All six in the ring as Bagwell covers Austin. Steamboat is pushed to corner by ref by Sting and Rude flight fight. Gee, I wonder how you think this match will end. Bobby up to the top, and you guessed it. Top rope leg drop to back, back of Bagwell's head. Austin gets a three count. Rude kicks Sting's ass outside, then all three heels in the ring. Jab Bagwell with a chair. Sting finally runs in for the save. Eh, this one's a little paint by numbers for me. I didn't think it was great. Nothing terrible. I only went two and a quarter stars. I was not a huge fan of this match. Uh, Schiff, what'd you think? Yeah, I only went two and a half as well. Um, I think it might be because just in this packet of matches we all watched, and it seems like another six man, which we enjoyed the six mans. But I think just because we've seen so many now, it's just like, oh my god, can we please switch it up? Give us some single matches. Um, I liked how Rude wouldn't get in with Sting. How the DA was holding him back. It shows that like, yeah, we're not giving you this for free, even though like we then get it a couple minutes later. Um, and I loved. Uh, how uh, like Rude was taunting Sting when they were triple teaming uh, Steamboat there, and uh, I, they even gave Bagwell some shine with this. But I, I really enjoyed this match, and I loved how Sting and Rude were finally like just battling at the end. Um, and then like you know we're seeing chairs being used now, and you know we moved on from attacks. Now we're we're seeing some uh, some plunder, as uh, Dusty Rhodes would say. 
All right. And what'd you go on that match? Two and a half? Uh, yeah, two and a half. All right. Logan? Yeah, I went two and a half as well. Um, the ridiculous jumping little attack that Steamboat does at the beginning to start the match. He kind of jumps and like like rotates his arms around and hits both Arn and uh, Eaton, I believe, on the top of the head to start off. Um, rude selling of the uh, arm bar and just the atomic drops and all that is absolutely ridiculous. He looks like he looks like a moron, but it's it's kind of great at the same time. Um, I, I thought the youngster Bagwell comes in and immediately gets uh, taken advantage of. You say youngster Bagwell got taken advantage of? Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly did you just, say, did you just really say that? <laughs> oh boy. L- l- okay. L- l- all right. Luckily, luckily, he fights out of it quickly, though. So, <laughs> um, I like that Austin at least temporarily gets a little bit of offense on Sting, as you wouldn't think, as we've seen Austin so far, that he would get any offense on Sting. Um, I like the working over on Steamboat by the uh, Dangerous Alliance members. Um, Bagwell's fire at the beginning, at the end of the match, coming in off the tag was pretty good. But oh, shocking! The Alabama Jam while the ref is distracted wins it. What a shock! Uh, but yeah, I went two and a half. All right, and Souza. I also went two and a half on it. A fairly standard tag match here. I thought the uh, the heat segment on Steamboat was really well done, uh, and Steamboat selling was amazing during it. Um, yeah, and I said it on the last episode. These tags uh, they have a formula, and the formula does work. But man, we are long overdue for just a, some sort of switching up of the formula because, like, I really noticed it during this match. It's like. Yes. We're, we're yes. doing th- we're doing the same things over and over again. It's like and it works, right? The crowd is super hot for all of it, but watching it he- now it's like uh, all right, let's 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 do uh, some things maybe a little bit differently. So, uh, yeah, two and a half for me. All right, you can knock me up to two and a half, Logan, and we can just go all two and a half across the board. How's that? All right, that sounds great. All right. Uh, next match, Worldwide Wrestling. Uh, another uh, Bagwell Root confrontation. Root, Rick Root taking on Bagwell. And my first note was, you know, a couple weeks ago, Bagwell says he wasn't ready for Austin. Now all of a sudden he's ready for a six-man and a one-on-one match with Ravishing Rick Root. How fastly he is ascended. Um, today the audience, according to Root, is scum-sucking sleazebags. <laughs> um, his tights, I don't know if you caught this, and I don't know who it was. His tights have him in a picture with a blonde, and he has his old 80s curly hair look on his tights. Did you catch that? Yeah, I caught it. I was like, why is he recycling WWF tights? Is that? I mean, is that Cheryl? I mean, that wasn't I was Cheryl Roberts. Say, was that it? Jake Roberts' wife? I don't no, know. Jesus. But he had his same curly hair. I don't know. It was very interesting. But anyway, um, they have a flex show for the audience. Bagwell hits some arm drags, which pisses Root off, and he starts beating on him. Uh, Tony, again, wants to remind us that uh, Mike Graham has been tra- tra- training Marcus Bagwell. So thank you for that reminder again. Uh, Root gets a bear hug as crowd actually chants for Marcus. I don't know if those were pegged in or not. Uh, Marcus jiggles up and down with his arms in the air, looking like he has an orgasm in his pants. Uh, Bagwell um, does a comeback, throws Root in the corner and charges, but Root lifts his knee up and savagely hits Bagwell with it. Then a sleeper by Root. Bagwell again orgasms his way out of the sleeper. Bagwell gets a monkey flip to Root and goes for mouthy punches. But Rude lifts him out of the corner and absolutely destroys him with an inverted atomic drop, followed by the Rude awakening for three. He then does another one and Sting in and beats Rude out of the ring to the crowd delight. Nothing great here, but thought overall solid match, like the inverted atomic drop to the Rude awakening, which looks savage. I went gentlemen's two. So Logan, I'll go to you first. Uh, yeah, I went a little bit. I went a little bit lower. I went one and a half. I thought this was a uh, rest hold city by Rude. 
Um, not not really inspiring much. Um, but Bagwell kind of gets a surge at the end, but gets a little overzealous and gets caught with that uh, that spot that you're talking about, uh, followed by the atomic or followed by the rude awakening. So, um, not the best match. Didn't really light me light 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 my passion on fire for wrestling. So, uh, one and a half. Okay, one and a half for you, uh, Schiff. I went uh, two and a quarter. Uh, I do like uh, like Rude, like Rude's tights, like we said, was weird. But uh, I will say Bagwell was getting pops, like he's a great value Von Eric. So I just <laughs> assumed that was legit because all you could hear was like the women screeching. Um, Rude did a nice job, like he was working the back. Um, I just don't have many notes, but for this, like it was basically like a, an extended squash, in my opinion. Like it was just like. Bagwell got a nice drop kick in, but it was basically all rude. Hopefully, gets him back to basics, and we have enough of uh, Bagwell. He needs to fuck off. Well, unfortunately, we have more of them. So, what was your what was your score? A uh, two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. All right, Souza. Uh, I I do just need to point out that uh, Sean said orgasming out of the sleeper. In case you didn't hear that, <laughs> which is uh, that is quite a fucking visual man you know how to paint a fucking picture uh th- this was fine it wasn't mu- much here it was almost a squash honestly bagwell got the shit kicked out of him for most of this match uh the crowd loves them some bagwell and uh i don't get it i mean i i, I guess he's a five-time rookie of the year so it does make some sense here but yeah i mean this was perfectly fine but uh yeah uh, not much more to add i went gentleman's two on it all right so logan what does that take it uh, 1.94. Yeah, kind of a turd. All right, um, our next match, <laughs> our fourth match, is for the World TV title, and it is Stunning Steve Austin taking on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, which gives us a peek under the tent of a future feud that we all know really bangs, especially in 94. Um, all right, Matt, are you ready for this? This Medusa take is for you. Are you ready? Uh, all right, um, I'll, I'll wait, let me get a pen and paper. Go on. All right, no, you'll get the reference. The other two, maybe not so much. This time, Medusa is dressed as washed-up country singer going for her last round of fame with the double deuce, hoping Patrick Swayze lives long enough for her to be the female lead in Roadhouse 2. Jesus fucking Christ. You get That's... that reference? Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. Um, Tony brings up the NWA and some good things going on with it as there is a nice stare-down between the two in the corner. Really, really good stare-down. Uh, this NWA reference obviously is pointing towards what happens in the summer. Um, where they bring the NWA back, they have that tournament, and none of us will be talking about that because this pod will be over. Um, quick start with both doing penitents and reversals. Steamboat sends Austin out of the ring uh, with a sidekick to the face, then Steamboat dives on him over the top. Uh, Steamboat goes for a roll-up out of the corner, but Austin kicks out and sends Steamboat into a turnbuckle. Austin being stupid goes up top, and he gets slammed off of it. Steamboat to the top rope with a chop. Ref pulls Steamboat off Austin on the top rope punches as he was about to get DQ'd. Uh, they're really selling Steamboat like his anger here. He, he even um, he even pushes the ref, and then Medusa gets up on the apron and goes to kick Steamboat's head, but he catches her leg, allowing Austin to clothesline him out of the corner. Really good, really good clothesline out of the corner on that one. Austin works him over a bit until Steamboat throws him face first to the corner. Sloppy bot spot where Austin messed up sending Steamboat to the floor, but he finally did. There's a suplex of Steamboat back in the ring. They collide heads on a cross uh, crisscross spot. Steamboat hits a neckbreaker as time expires. Austin attacks and grabs Steamboat. Uh, Medusa's in the ring, goes to kick, and Steamboat ducks and she hits Austin. Steamboat drop kicks Austin out of the ring and threatens Medusa as Tony plugs the upcoming clash, um, which, again, we will talk in our next episode. Solid match, and so some of the early chemistry these twos would have a few years later, and also continue to build the uh, root and Steamboat with the whole Medusa angle. So 
Maybe for me, Austin's uh, second best outing in 11 episodes. I went three and a quarter on this. So, uh, Schiff, I'll go to you first. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I went two and three quarters as well. I really thought like it shows that they have great chemistry together. I even noted how Tony name dropped the NWA, but I, I didn't realize it would be by the time this pod is over. Um, but like it started off with all Steamboat, which I really enjoyed. Like, you know, he was trying to get like a vic- he had a nice victory roll at the start. He was trying to get quick pins just to beat him quickly. Um, and then Austin finally gets some offense after getting out of a sleeper hold. Uh, Austin then threw uh, Steamboat into the guardrail throat shot, which was great. Like Steamboat was selling that throat shot like death. Uh, Austin did a nice job of suplexing Steamboat back in the ring. And um, Steamboat gets out of a headlock with the suplex. But this is what pissed me off. We could hear Gary Michael Competa counting down. And none of the wrestlers were going for a pin, which for Austin's it makes sense because if he draws, he still gets the title, but Steamboat doesn't win. So I, I knocked it down from a three to 2.75 just for that because it pisses me off. Like we're supposed to believe like, you know, they were like still doing like arm bars and stuff as they get two, one instead of trying to go for the pin. Gotcha. So you went, what was your, you went two, two and three quarters, two and three quarters. All right. Shift. But, I'm but, sorry, Susan, but, sorry. but do y'all get where I'm coming from? Like where it's like, it doesn't make like, it's dumb. No, I hate that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah okay. I got it. Yep. Sousa. Yeah. I really like this. I actually went three and a half on this. Oh, I, nice. I, I enjoyed nice. the hell out of this. So I, I thought the opening five minutes of this were fantastic and just such a breath of fresh air compared to the bullshit we have seen Austin have in the past with his TV title matches. I, I just thought the opening five minutes were fantastic. And yeah, it did slow down a bit uh, in the second half of the match. And I, you know, I, I get where Schiff is coming from it, where it felt like Steamboat wasn't necessarily going for the win. But I, I just think the those opening five minutes were so good that it really put it over over the top for me and I was glad to just finally see a different way to start the TV title match with Steamboat just going for the win right away I thought that was really well done and I don't mind the draw it makes sense to me that this is a draw because he's in there with Ricky fucking Steamboat he's not in there with fucking Mike Graham or Michael Hayes or Jimmy Garvin or some other schmuck so it makes Van sense Hammer. That... and Van Hammer right or exactly Van. so it makes sense that this goes to a draw and look I mean it made both guys look good, which uh, for Austin is something new. So, yeah, three and a half for me. Yeah, this I, I, I really enjoyed this match, too. I Like I said, I went three and a quarter on it, and I could even be convinced to go three and a half. Definitely just it, it's so different when you have an opponent like Steamboat with Austin, mm-hmm. and Austin's starting to get his druthers a little bit. And I think this, I, I, again, I'm hoping this is the beginning of where we see Austin actually go, because by the time he gets to June, even in May, where he starts having those TV title matches with Wyndham, he's on fire at that point, and they have some bangers. So I'm hoping this is like the start of the journey, and we get more of these uh, before the pod's over. Um, Logan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, but I, I actually bumped my rating up as we kind of talked about it. I, I went, I ended up going three on it. Um, I thought the stare at the beginning was uh, very sensual, if not mm-hmm. intense, at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really love Steamboat going for all the pins early. He really desperately was trying to go for all the pins and get the get the belt uh, quickly off of Austin. Um, just a really good back and forth time on the draw. I thought it was really well worked by both guys, and I I think this is a good good preview or a good start of where this feud and where these matches make it go in the future. So I thought it was really well done. All right, cool. So what does that bring the total to? It is a 3.12. 3.12. So very solid match there. All right. We are now going to World Championship Wrestling. 
and we get we get a great you get Larry Zabisco taking on Ron Simmons. So I'm very happy that we get a singles Larry match. This this made me very happy. Uh, Medusa, I don't have a saying for Medusa, but she comes out in this really weird like dress that has like a silver patch that's covering her chest. It was just a really funky looking dress. It looks like something out of the 70s. Um, there's another plug for the clash as Wyndham returns. And by the way, guys, we also get the announcement that Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson have won the tag team titles. Did you guys catch that? Any no, I missed that. No, I yeah. missed that. Yeah, yeah I so, too. So, so Eaton and Anderson have won the tag team titles at this point. So uh, Steamboat and Dustin no longer hold it. Uh, Ross, as it relates to Medusa, says Simmons is a gentleman, but will make exceptions for someone like her. So uh, uh, Ross not having any of her bullshit. Uh, Larry on his shit again, losing his mind, saying, get him off at the ref as Simmons has him in the corner. There's an awesome press slam by Simmons. Simmons smacking back at Larry of Larry's head while he was on the mat on ropes, popped me a little bit. Uh, ref blocks a Simmons punch in corner for some reason, which made no sense, allowing Larry to get the cheap shot. Outside, Medusa punches Simmons. Larry works over Simmons very loudly per his norm. He delivers the loudest verbal on a chin lock you will ever hear in your life. Uh, Simmons misses a three-point stance charge at the corner and hits the post. Larry goes for a brain buster, but Simmons gets a small package for three. Larry then attacks Simmons after and hits a brain buster on Simmons, yelling, shut up to everybody repeatedly. Um, I did not hate this match. It was nothing spectacular, but pretty status quo. And goddamn it, loud Larry hitting a fucking brain buster on Ron Simmons. I went two and a quarter stars, Susan. What did you give this? Uh, so I went gentlemen's two on this. It was a perfectly fun little sprint. Uh, you know, uh, Larry's never going to give you the best match on any of these shows that we, uh, any of these matches that we cover, any of these shows that we cover, but at the very least he'll be entertaining. Like it's, I his, feel like a two star Larry match is really a five star for anybody. Mine is right. It might as well be a fucking five <laughs> at this point. Like it, it's his mannerisms. It's the yelling. I mean, Jesus Christ, the yelling. He's just, he's, yeah, there's parts of this match where he's yelling at no one. He's just like, I love it. <laughs> Yes. Well, well, he's in a fucking arm lock or something. Uh, Jesus God! Uh, and again, uh, when did Larry start fucking killing fools with a brain buster? Because man, between Dustin How did on he the get last Ron ep- Simmons up, Ron Simmons, right. a big motherfucker. Yeah, between big. Dustin on the last episode and Ron Simmons on this one, it's fucking impressive that that old prick can do that. So uh, yeah, two stars for me. Wow, two stars. All right, Shift. Uh, uh, I went two and a quarter stars. I really yep. enjoyed this. Um, so a couple things. Larry screaming, get him off when Ron had him in the corner was great. Uh, Larry did a nice fireman carry and hopped up from being on his knees like it was nothing. Like no hands at all. Just like he was on his knees and was able to just pop up. It was very impressive. When Ron was working Larry's legs, he screamed, he's kicking all over me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> God damn it, help me out here. I mean, hey, he's kicking guess, on I guess, me. I guess that's better than coming all over him. I guess. Oh, My God. God. <laughs> well. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. It was there. God. It was hey, T.A. TA did say that. I did watch that promo. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah, you're allowed to say that in the WCW. Of course, yeah. that, was a reference, that was a reference to a Magnum TA promo. It 100% uh, was. I, I was. Sean Hitman a... Kid, the WCW. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the WCW. Fucking WCW. Bill Goldberg. Uh, Bill Goldberg. Uh, but 
But I really enjoyed this match. I'm like I said last episode. I'm slowly becoming a Larry Mark. I don't know what to do with myself with that information. But <laughs> here we are. That, Very this proud. Is, this, that this is the way, Chef. Yes, exactly. This is the way. Hey, Susan, could you say? Could you say he's coming all over me? That's, that's hey, like, he's <laughs> coming all over me in the corner. <laughs> Oh, we've gone off the rails. Um, I forgot. Who hasn't spoken yet, Logan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I went with Matt. I went gentleman, too. Uh, th- this is a perfect matchup for Larry to uh, show his overselling and hollering at his best. So I thought this was a good matchup for Larry to uh, show off his showcase his uh, screaming. Um, Larry uh, can only get in the advantage when he gets a cheap shot in or effectively just kind of dives out of the way when Simmons tries to charge at him. Um, Simmons getting the, uh, the roll-up victory was a good choice here. He didn't need to lose to Larry, uh, as much as we do love and enjoy Larry. Um, but yeah, gentlemen's too for me. All right. Well, I definitely think that this gave you the most entertainment of the night. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, feel point like, one two. <laughs> I feel like we need more Larry Zabisco singles matches where he's just on his shit. Too many Larry tags. I need more Larry singles, please. Um, <laughs> All right, our sixth match of the night, unfortunately, goes to another tag team match. And this is the challenge match from our last episode that Sting made and was accepted. So the two members of the alliance are uh, Austin and Eaton, and they are taking on Sting and Bagwell. So on their way to the ring, the alliance ripped Sting's picture off the wall in the back of center stage and tear it up in a ring. Bobby nails Bagwell with an opening right hand that smacked across center stage very loudly. A Sting with a double face plant to the mat to the heels. Austin gets out of a Stinger splash attempt by Sting stops himself before hitting the corner. Sting then hits back elbows to the uh, face of both heels to send them scurrying. Um, they, uh, they ramp up the intensity with both faces doing arm bars and hammer locks to Eaton and Austin. Sting bites Austin's arm, which, you know, a great spot where Sting goes to dive at Austin. But Bobby um, on the apron lunges and pushes Austin out of the way. So again, that kind of sacrificial thing that I love that the Alliance does. And Sting dives headfirst over the top of the floor, which is a good visual spot. Um, good heel tag work, uh, work on Sting. Sting gets to the, um, Sting gets the least hottest tag ever, looking like he stumbled to his corner. I mean, I don't know what's happening there, but it looks like he stumbled or they botched it or whatever, but wasn't a very hot tag. It looked very goofy. He stands there and um, he, he just basically stands there um, and then Sting gets the least hot tag, like I said, ever. Um, he stands there and then stares a minute before he goes out on the apron. Bagwell hits both heels with clotheslines. Polly trips Bagwell down on a crisscross spot. Sting walks over and he sleepers Paul. Eaton and Sting go at it outside, which, of course, you know what's going to happen here. Austin hits the stun gun in the ring for the clean three. And the rest of the lines come out and attack Sting. They then pull and hold Sting. Um, in the corner, and watch as Austin holds Bagwell, and Paul whips Bagwell with his belt. Steamboat finally in to save. Solid match here with some slow spots, but I really enjoyed the heel tag work. I love that they got a clean win with uh, Austin's finisher, and uh, Bagwell getting the shit beat out of him was great, and um, I've said Bagwell is on his back more than a full-time hooker, because he has lost every single match he's hit in. Jesus, um, I went. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Gosh. my shit. Two and a half stars for me. I really enjoyed this match and the story it told in the ending. So I will go to you first, Chef. Yeah, I went two and a half as well. Um, I it was really fun, a little sloppy, like you said at points, 
Um, Jr. was really pushing that Sting is a mentor to Bagwell, which they've talked, which they've talked about a lot in the past. Which we've also talked about a lot. A couple of um, it's done him a lot of good because he hasn't won one fucking match. <laughs> he, he, he was trained by Mike, Mike Graham too. If you didn't hear that, well, that would also oh, explain why he hasn't won one fucking match. <laughs> so I don't know if this was um, added uh, afterwards or the crowd was actually screaming it. The crowd was screaming "Break it!" about Bagwell when he was working Austin's arms, which I thought was like, "Damn, all right." Um, Sting goes to take Austin over the top, and Bobby saved Austin, which I thought was very, um, like like you said, Sean was a very cool visual. Um, this feud feels more of Sting versus Paul Lee because Sting goes to attack Paul Lee after he got interjected in the match, and that's what actually the camera even misses the stun gun and everything. We just see the tail end, but I liked, uh, like you said, how the DA was holding back Sting, and then Paul Lee was just whipping Bagwell. So, um, I said, Paulie whips Sting and they make Sting whips Bagwell. They make Sting watch kinky. So uh, two and a half. Boy, two dollar hookers kinky. We're on our shit in this episode. All right, uh, uh, Logan, what'd you think? Yeah, I went two and a half as well. Um, I thought Bagwell did a good job early, kind of hanging with Austin Eaton, uh, showing that he could hang with the two guys in the Dangerous Alliance. There, um, he tags Sting in. Uh, and he uh, Sting really takes it to both uh, Dangerous Alliance guys. Um, I love the spot that you talked about where Eaton kind of tackles Austin out of the way, so Sting mm-hmm. will miss a flying attack into the ropes. Um, I love when Sting goes for Paul E, and that stun gun to finish it off was really brutal. So I like I like seeing hit the stun gun get hit. So I'm like I'm glad that finished it and not just another Alabama jam. So two and a half, same as you guys. Yeah, it's been a good episode for Austin tonight. Um, Souza, how about you? Uh, this sure was another tag match, wasn't it? Uh, it was. Two, <laughs> two, two and a half for me, uh, fairly standard stuff. I liked uh, that spot that we've all mentioned where Sting flies over the top rope. I thought that was really well done. A uh, whole lot of arm work in this match, a lot of hip tosses, a lot of arm drags, just a lot of arm work in general. I thought uh, there was – I was expecting a heat segment on Bagwell, so that kind of surprised me that we didn't really get that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, basically this was just fairly standard tag stuff. I, I thought the post-match was really well done, where uh, Sting gets to be a cuck for Bagwell's whipping, so uh, two and a half. Yeah, Sting, I, you know, it's interesting. Sting hasn't really come out of a lot of what we've watched lately. Like, we're looking real... I mean, he had Battle Bowl, but after Battle Bowl, what has he really done? He's supposed to be building up to the world title, right? Has he really done anything? Well, it, well, it, al- it also, you know, doesn't help matters that the world champion is fucking nowhere to be found. Does it make sense for the number one contender for the world title to be a cut for Bagwell? It seems like they're building more to Clash of the Champions right now. So I want to see yeah. what happens after we get past yeah. Clash mm-hmm. when it comes to building Sting. Yeah, I mean, you still, you still got a while till Super Brawl. It's not till what, Leap Day? It's like De- uh, December, Jesus. Yeah, February 29th. Yeah, it's we're like, like the like, like, February, yeah. Yeah, like five, six weeks out. So. And, and Sean, we've seen them push more for this Clash of the Champions coming up than they did all of Starcade. Well, it's probably because it's going to be a better fucking show, and they know it's not going to be a piece of shit like Starcade was. That's wow. why, Chip. Just keep shitting all over Shift's <laughs> Yeah, dumbass. My God. <laughs> That's Shift's favorite pay-per-view you're talking hey, about. Hey, Scott, go figure. Starcade 91 sucked. Go figure. Yeah, dipshit. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, Scott, how dare you like things, Shift? What's wrong with you? All right. We are in our final match of the evening to close out this uh, New Year's uh, episode episode of this podcast and we are going to the very next night of january 19th 1991 the main event and it's piggy's back out of the ron simmons zabisco match 
And we get Ron Simmons versus Cactus Jack, which, again, just seems pretty random. Um, I don't have a lot of notes on this match. What I do note is Cactus Jack screeching is very annoying, um, like nails on a chalkboard. Um, Cactus dominates Simmons most of the match, um, probably to the point of where I think Simmons looks very, very weak. Uh, Simmons does hit a front spine buster and weird as he covers them, but the rest doesn't start to count as Jack is clearly looking at the apron, looking for somebody to run out, but somebody misses their cue. Oh, all of a sudden, Larry Zabisco jumps up on the apron and the ref decides to count. Um, and then so Simmons uh, jumps up, distracted by Larry. Um, Jack uh, hits Simmons uh, from behind and covers Ron as Larry holds his leg again. But again, the ref delays the count because Abdullah misses his cue because he's too fat to the run of the ring. And then he hits Larry. The bell rings as Cactus and Abdullah fight. Simmons wins by DQ. This was a hot mess of a match with a hot mess of an ending. I don't understand why Zabisco is really in this. Um, but this will lead to a classic tag team match for us in a few episodes where uh, Larry and Cactus Jack will take on Abdullah and Simmons. And I cannot wait to watch Jesus that match. Jesus H. Christ. I am very excited to watch this match. This match was 12 fucking minutes. And 10 of it was Simmons getting his ass handed to him by Cactus Jack. Um, it sucked really bad. I went three quarters of a star. I will go to you first, Susan. Uh, yes, uh, I, I went uh, half a star on this. Uh, f- <laughs> f- first note, first note, why are we watching this? Uh, because uh, Larry's in it. I didn't know that when the match started. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused as to why we were watching a Ron Simmons Cactus Jack match. But I finally figured out that when Larry fucked up and missed his cue, like the shitbag that he is, that, uh, oh, this is why we watched it. And I was still very confused <laughs> until you had to explain to us exactly where this was going in our show chat after the fact. But uh, I really did because it was very it was very it just made no sense. Right. Well, like, it's it's yeah. super random. Like, what the fuck is Larry? I mean, Larry had the match with Ron Simmons, so I guess there's the tie into that. But what the fuck has he had to do with Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher? So uh, I was very confused after watching this, and uh, the match uh, absolutely sucked. So half a star. All right. We're closing on a strong note. That sucked. Logan, what'd you think? My one note is perfectly meh match. One star. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, you went way too high on that, Shift. I went two. I went a quarter of a star higher than you. I went. I went three quarters of a star. This. This was. This wasn't good. Um, oh, Shift. I don't know. That's too low. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, I need. I need Jake in here to tell me what like a, a, five, a three star or one star rating really is. I need Jake. Where is he? Um, Cactus was screaming like a lunatic. Was really off putting. Um. Ron getting the FSU slash Atlanta Braves like t- Tomahawk chant, which works because Ron went to FSU. Uh, to be honest, I checked out because it kind of sucked. Uh, and then we start seeing like Ron gets the power slam, but Cactus Jack kicks out. Then he gets the spine buster and everyone, like we said, just kind of freezes. Larry helps Cactus. Then Abdullah helps Larry, attacks Larry and Abdullah and Cactus battle. I don't even know if there's an ending to this match. It was Brutal. You, you know you can't wait till that tag team match. No, it's I strange. can wait. I can no, wait. No, I kind of want to see what Larry does. So yeah, I, I, I'm all about Larry and Abdullah. That's all. I'm, that's all I want to see. Larry and Abdullah. I get, I, I get all the time in the world. I can wait. It's fine. Well, you're, you're going to be waiting a little bit before you get it. I think it's like two episodes from now. I think you're fine. 
it'll be a little bit. All right. So that closes us out for our New Year's episode um, and closes out our last episode before we get to the Clash of Champions in two weeks. So, all right. So let's start off. uh, Least dangerous. Schiff, I will go to you. Oh, man. Um, Let me dig through. I will have to say. Pretty clear for me. Well, who the fuck is it then? Yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be rude again for me. I don't know. Larry screwing up that finish. Yeah. The but, Simmons it was, but, he, but again, that's Larry. That's Larry's brand. I accept that as Larry. Brand. Larry's brand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd... rude has been such a non-factor. He hasn't done shit. Yeah, I mean that is shocking. But I, I liked his match with Bagwell more than that. I'm going with Larry. Wow. I mean, I don't dispute that. Yeah. Uh, Souza? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a toss-up between Rude and Larry, but I'm going to go Rude just because of the position he's in compared to Larry. Like, Larry is who he fucking is. Like, he's not supposed to be, like, the lead of the Dangerous Alliance, whereas Rick Rude kind of is supposed to be the lead of the Dangerous Alliance, and they're not really doing all that much with him. He's in a six-man tag, and he's in basically a what was a pseudo-squash with Bagwell. He's just not doing all that much. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Rude again for this episode. And Rude is technically your number one guy right now because there is no Luger, by the way. Bingo. So, exactly. And exactly. he is not portrayed as the number one guy. With Larry, you know you were going to get. And by the way, when I'm more entertained by a Larry match, even though the match sucks and Rude to me is such a non-factor because he doesn't give a fuck, he's going to get it. So at least dangerous for me is going to be Rude. Logan? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Rude as well. I, w- I would have voted Larry, but I don't want to get host privilege. So I'm going to go with Rude <laughs> as well. See, here's the deal. You're you guys are just as entertained by Larry as I no, am. I, yeah, he has grown on you like a fucking fungus, just like he has on me. We should set a limit per episode on the host privilege. One per episode. I didn't say host privilege once this episode. All right, so you still have one to use. I'm not going I, well, hopefully I don't have to. All right, uh Schiff, I apologize. It is rude. So uh most dangerous for me, I'm going with Austin. Um he got the pinfall in that six man with the, the well, I'm going to call it the stun gun. Um, but we also, uh, you know, he also had that really good match with Steamboat. So for me, it's going to be Austin. Um, Schiff, how about you? I, I agree. Outside of the um, hammer match, yeah. the hammer match. But he got, like you said, and he got the pin in the tag match as well. So, um, yeah, uh, we're starting to see the rise of uh, Austin. And uh, you guys thinking rude is uh, slumming it up. It's really interesting that it's gone guardrail to guardrail. And it's also interesting that we're halfway through this pod journey. And now we're just starting to see Austin kick in, by the way. I, I was going to say, I have a hot take. Rude is overrated. Uh, oh, so. I, you know what? All right. So go, go to you. Uh, most dangerous Logan. Uh, I'll go with Austin as well. I do not mind your hot take. If you really think through it, like even if he gets to 93 and his, his matches with flair in 93 are awful. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. That might not be a hot take. It might be a true take. We'll see how this plays out, at least in terms of this podcast long term. Uh, Matt, how about you? Yeah, I'll I'll go with Austin here, too. He was really good, save for the uh, the butt sucking match with Van Hammer. But uh, yes, he was really good here. He was really good here. <laughs> All right. So uh, the best match for me would be Austin versus Steamboat. Uh, Souza? Yep. Agreed. All right. Schiff? Yeah, I agree. And Logan. Yeah, 100%. So what's interesting is we all hated Austin versus Hammer quite a bit, but unfortunately for uh, Austin versus Hammer, 
Larry versus Simmons uh, took worst match of the night because of the ratings for me. Uh, Shift. Simmons versus Cactus. Yeah, I'm sorry. Simmons versus Cactus. Sorry. I said Simmons versus Larry because Larry was in the end. But yes, Simmons versus Cactus. Uh, Logan. Yeah, I'll go Simmons versus Cactus, mainly because I uh, fast forwarded through most of it. <laughs> hey, you took you took my advice. Well hey, done. that's that's cheating. It's not cheating when you it's a rest hold that. for the ten seconds you fast forward through. You can't do that. That's it cheating. was a goddamn rest hold. You can too. <laughs> uh, Susa, how about you? Worst match. Oh God, I'm torn between Austin Hammer or Simmons Jack, but I think I'll go Simmons Jack just to make things easy. Could you imagine in a million years being on a show of seven matches and not picking Austin versus Hammer as the worst match? That yeah. is really something. All right, so our last award. All right, so on our last episode, we all went four out of five on the uh, journey. We are a halfway point on this podcast. I feel like we took a step back. I'm going three out of five on this episode. Um, Good ascension for Austin. Not so great for Rude. Kind of man matches kind of in the middle. We only had one really good match, and that was Austin versus Steamboat. So I'm going to go three on this one. Three out of five. Uh, Logan. I'm going to go like two and a half. Uh, I think it was perfectly down the middle. I think we had some good matches, but I do think some people kind of retreaded back to certain things, and maybe Austin kind of started to ascend a little bit more as well. But Rude's continuing to disappoint, and uh, we had a couple of stinkers in there. So I'll go right down the middle, two and a half. All right, Souza? Yeah, I'll go two and a half, too. I feel like there wasn't a ton of like storyline development stuff going on it was basically just matches again which is a thing i've been complaining about over the past couple weeks like i'd like to see more promos and i mean i I know you got that post-match stuff with bagwell but i feel like we need more than that so two and a half all right and shift two and a half as well um yeah it seems like a step back from last episode all right sign me up for two and a half no sounds good all right, so we're across the board. So kind of an and eh, middle of the road kind of week leading into the clash. So we'll see what Clash of the Champions brings us in two weeks. So before we actually go, we are officially at the halfway point of this podcast, like I said. So I just kind of want to go around the horn real quick and say, hey, guys, you know, ba- based on being at the halfway point, um, we know the end game of this podcast. Um, it's actually not Wrestle War. It's or, um, the uh, the War Games. It's actually um, going to be a Saturday night episode because we do have a breakup that happens that we'll cover. Um, Shift. What do you think so far of this journey? Now that we're halfway through on this podcast, I've actually really enjoyed it. It's nice to see um, because I've just seen like bits and pieces here and there. So it's nice to see like how Ron Simmons was actually against like the coalition of baby faces against the DA at first. Obviously that will change. Um and it's nice to like, you know, I've been saying how much I love Larry because he's unintentionally the most hilarious wrestler I think I've ever seen. Um but yeah it's it's just nice to go back and revisit WCW and I'm really shocked how much you guys' opinions on Rude has started to change. Mine hasn't started yet, but I can it's starting I'm starting to see the cracks. Yeah, it's definitely how I felt about Austin uh, in a couple episodes, three episodes back. I'm starting to feel about Rude a little bit now. Uh, Susan, how about you? Yeah, I'm in kind of a similar boat. I, I feel like 
Austin is probably, and I mean, he's definitely picked things up in this episode, but I feel like Austin has been uh, the most disappointing for me. And I've mentioned it before. A lot of it has to do with who he's been in there with, but, Mm -hmm. and and I feel like overall it's, it's been great watching this stuff, but I I do feel like the matches and maybe it's just because of the, you know, the times are different. Like, you know, here in 2022, we're used to getting a fucking three and a half, four star match on TV every week at this point. But, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with like 1992 times were different. You just weren't going to see four star matches every single week. So it just kind of uh, readjusting my mind to that has been interesting uh, for me personally. But it's it's been great watching this stuff for sure. Yeah, um, for me, and I'll go to Logan. You know, I've enjoyed Listen, I remember this fondly um, when it was going on. Um, What's interesting is, you know, when you're a wrestling fan and you're a mark, you just watch wrestling and you enjoy it. And when you do podcasts and you just kind of peel stuff back from an era that you remember and you kind of start really filtering in through it, it's interesting how it kind of changes. Like, I feel like for me, the biggest takeaway for me is Ron Simmons is kind of been a surprise. I don't remember Ron Simmons coming so hardcore back into this because all I remember is him facing Luger and then he dropped off the face of the earth for me and then he went into doom. Mm -hmm. I don't remember this whole little spiel with him with the Alliance. Rick Rude, I remember Rick Rude being bigger deal at the time than I feel like he is for me at this point in time. Um, I do remember Bagwell and Bagwell being a big deal when he got introduced. Um, Bobby Eaton has been a pleasant surprise for me because I felt like he was kind of the back of the week, like just kind of behind the scenes a little bit. Arn Anderson, if you really peel back the onion a little bit, Arn Anderson's been kind of behind the you haven't seen a whole lot of Arn either, really. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's been surprising for me. Yep. Um, uh, that's been surprising. And then um Larry has been a pleasant surprise for the wrong reason. <laughs> uh, I am thoroughly 100% entertained by Larry. He might be the most entertaining wrestler I've watched in a podcast in many, many years. Um, and that might also be because of Impact, because we have a really good time at his expense on the Impact pod, too. But I'm really enjoying watching his ridiculous, bullshit, terrible wrestling and his freaking burbles just kill me. So it's been a very interesting journey halfway through. So I'm looking forward to the next half. And then, Lugan, I'll go to you finally. Lugan? <laughs> it's been a long night gentlemen lugan um but no this is an era that i'm not super familiar with all the tv of course um i've watched pay-per-views and everything uh obviously in clashes and all that so it's kind of cool uh diving deep into this uh era of the tv and kind of seeing how all this you know the evolution of the whole thing goes through. Um, and, and, you know, like, like you said, Sean, some people have been a little bit more disappointing and some people have surprised a little bit more. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that there have been multiple Terry Taylor matches that I would have enjoyed. And that like maybe PN news with somebody that like, he's oh, not great. Yeah. He's not great, yeah. but he, he's, he's been pretty all right so far. I won't lie. Um, but you know, there's just some little uh, guys like that are kind of lower tier guys that have kind of stood out and been better than what maybe we would have thought coming in. Um, Austin has obviously been disappointing for the most part, but I think like we've talked about tonight or all these episodes that we've recorded, uh, recently, uh, he's starting to kind of ascend and I think he's starting to kind of figure stuff out. Um, rude is starting to kind of disappoint a little bit more. You could just kind of tell that he's not all into it. I, I don't think he likes the idea of being in a group. I think he likes being his own guy kind of you know he can establish himself a little bit better that way maybe he could have a manager but he doesn't like having to like lead these guys because he doesn't really care about any of them i guess (laughs) Uh, is the best way to put it but um 
Yeah, Eaton has been very good. Arn, yeah, like you said, is kind of faded towards the back. He's just kind of like the the badass old man that just is, you know, he's the steadying force in it all. Uh, but he he kind of he kind of hangs back for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, Larry's obviously good for some comedy here and there. He may not be actually very good, but we enjoy him uh, for for reasons uh, nonetheless. Uh, but I've enjoyed it so far and look forward to going forward. And I'll uh, I'll go ahead and add in a little thing. I was going to say this, um, but now most dangerous, uh, most wins on most dangerous belong to Austin and Paulie with three. And now Austin has most dangerous and least dangerous. Uh, wow! So he's, he has he's five most or five least dangerouses and three most dangerouses. So uh, he actually has both distinctions. Uh, I mean, he's tied with Paulie, but he has both distinctions. How 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 great is that though? I mean, that really tell <laughs> that really tells a story though of Austin. I mean, that's right. that's pretty eye opening. Very, very yeah. peaks peaks and valleys, not consistent. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right, so a uh, sneak peek for our next episode. So uh, the main clash of the champions, we're only going to cover the two matches because that's what they're they're you know, they're only in the two matches, the six man in the main event. But let me tell you some of the other matches we're going to cover because what we actually encompasses, we cover. Um, we cover all the way to January 25th, so we'll have the Clash matches. We get an Austin versus Dustin match from Pro. You're going to love this next one. On Worldwide Wrestling, we get a match between Ricky Steamboat and Larry Zabisco. Oh, boy. God. Uh, on the same Worldwide Wrestling, are you ready for this? Ravishing Rick Rude versus PN News. Jesus, God. Oh, that's going to suck. That's going to uh, be bad. We get another. Uh, why do you say that? PN News has been very good. <laughs> But Rude Rude is not. Maybe PN News will pull it out. By the way, if you remember the Zelt Meltzer notes from our last episode, those two got in a fist fight, so it could be good. Who knows? We'll see. All right, we have another Dustin versus Arn match, and then we close our next episode out with, and we have not had a lot of exposure on this one, so this one should be good. Bobby Eaton and Larry Zabisco, and we finally get an appearance by the Steiners. Oh, thank Mm. God. Thank Thank goodness. So. Officially, in a second part, the Steiners are officially going to start joining the podcast journey. So we are finally going to get some Steiners now that they're moving away from Luger. So, um, so yeah, so some good stuff to look forward to. We'll see how it is on paper. It doesn't look too bad. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to the next episode because some of these look like they could be great or really, really awful. So, P and News versus Rick Reed. I'm calling it right now. Four stars. Jesus, Jesus. Larry versus uh, Steamboat. Four stars. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, their their fight at the bar might have been four stars. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Well, <laughs> P- gentlemen, me and News Rude might be uh, negative four more more likely. All right. Well, we'll see. But if it is, it's because because of Rude, not News. Shockingly, I think. Uh, but guys, again, thank you for joining me on this journey. Um, I can't believe we're halfway through. So um, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it with you guys, and um, you definitely add a lot for my enjoyment of this. Um, so. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope everybody enjoys the new year, and we look forward to do, uh, completing this uh, podcast journey this year as well. So for Scott Shiflett, Logan Crossland, and Matt Souza, I am Sean Kidd, and Happy New Year, and we will see you in two weeks. Two weeks.